ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر امور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد يا عباد الله او servants of allah control your anger and mind your business عن ابي هريره رضي الله تعالى عنه عن ابي هريره رضي الله تعالى عنه ان رجلا قال للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اوصني فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تغضب فردد مرارا قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تغضب حديث صحيح رواه البخاري عن يطاعتي ابو هريره رضي الله تعالى عنه that a man he came to the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he asked him and he said to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam give me advice advise me to which the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said to him do not become angry so the man repeated it a number of times he repeated his request a number of times each time the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said to him do not become angry this hadith has been collected by imam al bukhari it's a hadith that is authentic qala imam al nawawi rahimahullahu ta'ala qawluhu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam la taghdab he said that the statement of the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam do not become angry ma'nahu la tanfudhu ghadaba He said the meaning of this statement do not become angry it means do not carry out your anger do not carry out your anger walaysa nahi raji'an ila nafs al-ghadab li'annahu min qiba' al-bashar la yumkin al-insan daf'ah he said because the prohibition doesn't return 
to anger itself. He said, because anger is from the nature of human beings. It's from a man's nature that he will get angry. Naturally, he will become angry. And you see here, from the superiority of the deen of Al-Islam, that it doesn't put impossible restrictions upon its practitioners. And this is from the good treatment and the mercy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has upon the Muslims. That is not a deen that tells us, don't get mad. Don't ever get mad, ever. Because this is not something that is logical. This is not something that is possible. So Allah Ta'ala, He does not put it upon us not to become angry, but rather to control oneself when they become angry. So this is what is meant by the statement of the Imam, that it means not carry out your anger, meaning control yourself once you have become angry. He said because anger is from man's nature, and you find that it is impossible for an individual to repel it. It is impossible that an individual will never become angry. So anyone who tells you, I never ever get mad, then this is an individual who's a liar. He's lying to you. Verily he does get mad, because it's from man's nature to become upset. It's from man's nature to become mad. Alakullin, the deen of al-Islam, it tells us that when we get mad, control ourselves. When you get mad, control yourself. La taghdab, meaning control yourself. وَجَاءَ الرَّجُلِ النَّبِي صلى الله عليه وسلم A man he came to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and he said فَقَالَ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ عَلِّمِنِي عِلْمًا يُقَرِّبُنِي مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ وَيُبَعِدَنِي مِنَ النَّارِ He said, O Messenger of Allah, teach me some knowledge that will draw me close to the Jannah and will take me far away from the fire. To which the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said, he said, the Prophet ﷺ, in responding to this request, when the man he asks, inform me, give me some knowledge that will get me close to the Jannah, get me close to heaven, bring me far away from the fire. To which the Prophet ﷺ, he told him, do not become angry and for you is Jannah. Meaning, control yourself when you have become angry. When you get mad, control yourself and for you will be the Jannah. So you find that the Sharia, it gives to us ways, legislative ways, by way in which we are able to control our anger. It gives us a methodology by way in which we can control our anger. As the Prophet ﷺ, he told us in the hadith that we had taken last week. مَنْ كَانَ يُؤْمِنُ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ فَلْيَقُلْ خَيْرًا أَوْ لِيَصْمُتْ Whoever believes in Allah on the last day, then let him speak good or draw quiet. Let him say something that is good or let him be silent. Naam. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything. So you find the ulama, they say, They say that if one of you becomes angry, then be quiet. If one of you gets mad, then be quiet. And you will find that when we follow these prophetic traditions, when we follow the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, when we follow the guidance of the Prophet ﷺ, they will enrich our lives. In every way, every scale, every direction, every aspect of our lives will be enriched. Because you will find that if a man becomes angry due to a discussion that he has with his wife, 
and then he draws silent, you will find that the divorce rate will go down. You will find it will be a low divorce rate in the Muslim community. Why? Because the husband will be practicing. He will be implementing, following the prophetic tradition. He will be following the prophetic guidance. That when you, if you have nothing good to say, don't say anything. If you get mad, then be quiet. If you find the wife in an acts with a husband like this, likewise, the divorce rate will be low. If you find an individual in an acts with his siblings like this, the relationships between the siblings will be good. If you find you in an acts with his children like this, the relationships between the parent and the child will be good. And so on and so forth, from brother to brother, sister to sister, friend to friend, so on and so forth. You will find the relationships will be enriched by what? By following the guidance of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And it's important that we follow the guidance of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And it's important that we're able to distinguish between what is the guidance of the Prophet sallallahu and what is not the guidance of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Ruya, it has been narrated, and by this expression, you should already get an idea of the soundness or lack thereof of this of this thing that we're about to say. Ruya, in al ghadab. من الشيطان وإن الشيطان خلق من النار فإذا غضب أحدكم أو عفوا وإنما يطفئ النار الماء فإذا غضب أحدكم فليتوضأ There comes a narration and it has been narrated and it should already give you an idea of the soundness where it said that the Anger is from shaitan. And the shaitan, he was created from fire. And that barely water puts out fire. So that if one of you becomes mad, then make wudu. If one of you becomes mad, then make wudu. This hadith has been narrated by Imam Ahmed, by Imam Abu Dawood, and others. However, this is a hadith that is da'if. This is a hadith that is not authentic. This is a hadith that is not authentic. Da'afahu al-Albani. Imam al-Albani, he rendered the hadith da'if. The hadith is not authentic. So therefore, to the repelling of anger is not to be done by making the wudu. Because there is no proof for this. This hadith is not sound. But rather we do find a hadith that is authentic. That has also been collected by Imam Ahmad. And also been collected by Imam Abu Dawood. Because you will find it was from the way of the imma is that when it came to a particular subject, they will narrate those narrations that are authentic and those narrations that were unauthentic, so that you will be able to know that from that, that which is sound from that which is da'if, that which is not authentic. Alakullin, they also narrate from the Prophet wasallam that he said, إِذَا غَضِبَ أَحَدُكُمْ وَهُوَ قَائِمٌ فَلْيَجْلِسْ فَإِنْ ذَهَبَ عَنْهُ الْغَضَبُ وَإِلَّا فَلْيَطَّجِعْ That if one of you becomes angry and he is standing up, then let him sit down. If one of you becomes angry and he's standing, then sit down. If the anger has subsided, once he is sitting, then alhamdulillah, there's nothing else that needs to be done. But if you are so mad that the anger is still there and you're sitting down, it has not subsided, it has not weakened, it has not lessened. 
Then lay down. Lay down. If the anger has not subsided in your sitting, then lay down. So you find your ibad. It is a must that we control ourselves when we become angry. And it's a must that we extend the brotherly and sisterly love to one another. Is that we extend the love to one another by helping each other to control their anger. That we help one another in controlling their anger. We don't pour fuel on the fire, but rather we help each other to control the anger. So if you're getting into a heated conversation with someone, and you see that they went from standing to sitting, this is an indication to you that they are attempting to control their anger. If you see that they were talking and then they draw silent, this is an indication to you that they are trying to control their anger. If you get into a heated discussion with your spouse, and you find that they draw silent, they leave the room and they go lay down. This is an indication to you that they're trying to control their anger. So help them, aid them, assist them in controlling their anger by not pushing the issue. By yourself drawing quiet. By yourself checking your tongue. By yourself, if you have nothing good to say, then be quiet. Let it go. Do not be like those who are a detriment, who do not benefit their brothers and their sisters and their spouses, who when they find them trying to control their anger, keep pushing at the button, pushing at the button, pushing at the button. They left the room, they lay down, but instead of letting it go, they follow them, stand over them, and they keep going and going and going. Until the person loses control. Until what happens, happens. How many relationships have been destroyed because of this? How many marriages have come to an end due to this? How many hurtful things have been said because of this? How many harmful things that result from the hand of an individual have resulted because of this? Because wrong leads to wrong. Wrong leads to wrong. You don't repel the evil with that which is evil, but rather you repel it with that which is better. What will also help us to control our anger, as it has been narrated in the narration which says, It comes a narration, not from the Prophet, but it comes a saying from the Salaf. If it is said to you, that which is in actuality a characteristic of yours. If something is mentioned and you are in actuality guilty of it, فَقُلْ ذَنْبٌ ذَكَرْتَهُ أَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهِ مِنْهِ Then say, this is a sin that you have mentioned. If somebody mentions a wrong of yours and it's a sin that you truly have, then how you take it, you don't get mad at about it. You don't get mad at it. But you say this is a sin in which you have mentioned. This is a sin of mine in which you have mentioned. I seek refuge or I repent to Allah from this sin. I repent to Allah from this sin. You make tawbah. Don't get mad. Make tawbah. This is the way it should be. We live in a time, unfortunately, when people see advice as criticism. And criticism as an attack. If you are wrong, then make tawbah. Stop playing games. Leave alone the foolishness. Leave off foolishness. If you're wrong, make tawbah. Don't try to justify it. Don't argue it down. Make tawbah. Don't try to hide from it. Make tawbah. 
repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if someone mentions something about you and that's truly a characteristic of yours and a flaw, if it's a sin, then repent to Allah ta'ala. Don't let it make you angry. It should make you happy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward the one who brings to me my fault, who brings to me my mistake. Because in essence, that would lighten your burden. It won't put you down. It won't decrease you. But in essence, that will what make you better. If you fell into a wrong you didn't know, and someone advises you and now you know, then now you have increased in knowledge. You have not decreased in anything except for wrong. And that's good. If you had a, a burden of a sin upon your back and they inform you, you didn't know. Or maybe you knew. And they informed you and you make tawbah to Allah Ta'ala that lightens your load, it lightens your burden. Now you don't have to bring this burden back to you when you meet Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So it lightens your load. It lessens your sins. This will what? Increase you. It will never decrease you. It will never decrease you. So don't look at it like that. But look at it as an opportunity to free yourself from that which is wrong. But however, وَإِنْ قِيلَ لَكَ and if it's said to you, مَا لَيْسَ That which is not really applicable to you. It's not true with regards to you. Allah. Then say, Alhamdulillah. Praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If لَمْ يُجْعَلْ فِيكَ مَا أُعِرْتَ بِهِ Then praise Allah ta'ala that that thing in which you were criticized for and blamed for is not actually one of your characteristics. So thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that that which they accuse you of, you are in actuality free from that particular thing. So thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is how you will be able to deal with people's verbal attacks, things that might get you mad. Flip the perception, change your perception, the way in which you look at it, and that will help you into properly dealing with it. When you become angry, control yourself, control your anger. Ya ibadullah, control your anger. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who are able to control our anger. Hada, aqulu qawli hada, wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum, wa astaghfirullah fa innahu huwa al-ghafur rahim Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalam, ala rasulillah, wabad. Ya ibadullah, control your anger and mind your business. An Abi Hurairah, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, qal, qal rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, min husnin islam in mar, tarkuhu ma la ya'nih. On the authority of Abu Hurairah, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said that the Prophet sallallahu he said, he said that Allah's Messenger sallallahu he said, that from a man's good Islam is that he leaves alone that which does not concern him. He leaves alone that which does not concern him. As we have mentioned, that the meaning of la ya'ni a la yanfa'u. He leaves alone that which does not benefit him. قال إمام النووي رحمه الله تعالى أي ما لا يهمه من أمر الدين والدنيا من الأفعال والأقوال. He said it means that which does not concern him, that which is not his business, either from the affairs of the deen or from the affairs of the dunya in 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 actions and in statements. 
Leave off that which doesn't concern you. I'll give you an example with regards to the deen. With regards to the dunya, then this is clear. With regards to the deen, for example, if there's an ikhtilaf between the ulama, there's a difference between the ulama of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, then this does not concern you. You leave it alone. It's none of your business. As Shaykh Saleh Huzan, he mentions that when you find to ulama of the Sunnah and they differ on the issue, they have ikhtilaf, then, then it is not for the common person to enter himself into that affair. But it's for him to withhold and leave this to the ulama because this is for the ulama to deal with. It's not for the common person. It's not for the likes of myself. It's not for the likes of you. We stay out of it. This is an example of that which is not concerned us with regards to the deen. Wallahu a'la wa a'lam. Ala kulli hal. This hadith is tremendous. Qala Imam Abu Dawood. Imam Abu Dawood. Rahimullah ta'ala. He said, Usulu surin fi kulli fan arba'atu ahadith. Wa dhakara minha hadha al-hadith. Imam Abu Dawood, rahimullah ta'ala. He said that the origin of the sunan. You will find those fundamental narrations in every science. He said in every single science are four ahadith. And he mentioned from them this particular hadith. That from a person's good Islam, he leaves alone that which does not concern him. وَقَالَ من علامة إعراض الله تعالى عن العبد أن يجعل شغله فيما لا يعنيه إمام حسن رحمه الله تعالى he said that from the signs that Allah تعالى has turned away from the slave listen from the signs that Allah has turned away from the slave is that he makes him preoccupied and busy with that which does not concern him, with that which does not benefit him. Imam Sa'di, rahimahullah ta'ala, he further explains and gives us some understanding of those things that don't benefit us, those things that don't concern us. Imam Sa'di, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, فَيَشْتَغِلُ هَذَا الْمُحْسِنِ بِمَا يَعْنِي so the one who has a good Islam, he busies himself with those things that actually concern him, those things that benefit him. And from those things in which he has to leave off, meaning from what? From those things that don't concern him, those things that do not benefit him. The Imam he says, Rahimullah Ta'ala min al wasiyat from sins. From sins. That he leaves off sins. Why? Sins don't benefit us. So from a person good Islam is he leave off sins. He leaves off sins. So you don't find him as one who has a massive amount of sins. He's going to make sense because every son of Adam, every child of Adam is going to make sense. And the best of those who make sins are those who repent. So you're going to make sins. When you make sins, repent. But you will find that the one that has a good Islam, you don't find from him a massive amount of sins. Why? Because he leaves off that which does not concern him. Also the shaykh, he mentions, And also from that in which he must leave alone, Those things that are hated. 
not necessarily haram, but hated. He also leaves off those things that are hated. Because in leaving off the things that are makruh, this will help you to leave off those things that are haram. By leaving off the makruh, it will help you leave off the things that are haram. And also from those things in which he leaves off, fudul al-mubahat. Is he also leaves off an excessive amount of things of which neither help him nor hurt him. He leaves off an excessive amount of things that don't help or hurt him. I give you an example. Reading the news and what's going on locally and so on and so forth. This is something that's mubah. It's not haram. It's mubah. It's okay if you do it. You can read the news. However, if a person reads the news 10 hours a day, he's following up every news blog, every news website, every paper, every magazine, and so on and so forth, all day, that's all that he's doing, and so on and so forth, Naam. then you find that what? This will be, as the Shaykh, he says, that we leave off those things, or an excessive amount of things that are mubah, of which there is no benefit for him therein, but rather it will make him miss out on a lot of good. So instead of the person praying some voluntary prayers, you find he's reading four, five, six other news articles on the same story he already read. As opposed to the person helping his brother or helping his sister, then you find he wants to go and read what the other blog said about the comment to the other blog about something he already read. As opposed to him going out and doing some khair, you find that he gets preoccupied by reading what this one said about what that one said and so on and so forth, so he loses out on good. Also we understand, ya ibad, as the imam he mentions, also was understood from the hadith, أَنَّ مَنْ لَمْ يَتْرُكَ مَا لَا يَعْنِيهِ فَإِنَّهُ مَسِيءٌ فِي إِسْلَامِهِ we also understand from this hadith that the one who does not leave off those things that do not concern him, the one who does not leave off those things that do not benefit him, then this is one who has bad Islam. This is one who is bad inside of his Islam. He's not a good Muslim. And the shaykh, he says, And this encompasses both statements and actions. Whether it is something that is prohibited, meaning is prohibited from the standpoint that it is haram, or is prohibited from the standpoint that it is makruh. A person that does not leave off the haram and the makruh, then he's a person that does not have good Islam. So it is important, ya ibadullah, that we have to leave off those things that do not concern us. We have to leave off those things that do not benefit us. We have to mind our business. We have to mind our business. And this does not mean you don't give good advice. Because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, that, that the, the deen is the giving of the good sincere advice. So we give advice to one another. We advise one another. Because this is from the way in which that we show love to one another. Ya ibadullah, these ahadith that we have been going over these past few weeks are very important inside of our individual lives. They're very important inside of the health of our relationships. 
be those relationships amongst the spouses, be them between the children, being between our brothers and our sisters and our siblings, our aunts and our uncles and so on and so forth, or be it between our friends, be it between our neighbors and so on and so forth. So I urge everyone not to just listen and to walk away saying that we have heard, but to be of those who hear a statement and to follow the best of it. لما يحبه ويرضى وأن يجعلنا من الذين يستمعون قولا فيتبعون أحسنا وأن يجعلنا مباركا حيثما كنا وأن يجعلنا من من إذا أعطي شكر وذبطلي صبر وإذا أذنب استغفر فإن هؤلاء ثلاثة عنوان السعادة هذا يا عباد الله فأقيموا الصلاة وإن الصلاة تنهى عن الفشاء والمنكر